Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Uh, instead of a regular monologue, I'm going to I'm going to uh, do a song parody for you here, and I'm going to try to get all the elements of the monologue into this song parody. Now, it's a rap, okay? I'm just going to warn you right now. I'm going to try to rap. <laughs> all right, now it should be embarrassing and hilarious. That's that's my goal here, and this is a uh, this is a uh, uh, a parody of the Drake song Energy, okay, but we're gonna call it Goofy Energy, and that's inspired by uh, by uh, our friend Rachel from Des Moines, who who has said that I have Goofy Energy, which I take as an absolute compliment. So, um, without any further ado, let's attempt this song parody uh, of uh, Drake's Energy, and it's called uh, Goofy Energy. Okay, all right, again. I'm going to do my best here. I'm guessing this will be hilarious and embarrassing. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Here we go. I got energy. A lot of goofy energy. The name of this podcast is People Are the Enemy. End of month, I pray. The show has gotten bigger. Log into Libsyn and check the listenership figures. My dog Lola's in my life. She always ruins my day. Chewed the hell out of her leash and then she ran away. I got real stuff happening with my family too. My wife sent me to the store for a jar of ragu. I got 10 books in print. You can find them online. If you don't like paperbacks, books are $2.99. If you don't use Amazon, my books are all on Google Play. Search my last name over there, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. I got energy, a lot of goofy energy. The name of this podcast is People Are the Enemy. End of month, I pray. The show has gotten bigger. Log into Libsyn and check the listenership figures. All you lousy podcasters make me sick to my guts. Joe Rogan makes me want to kick myself in the nuts. Take a look at the shows. One is worse than the next. Listen to People Are the Enemy. Our show is the best. Rachel's got you covered every week with the chart chat. She's gonna hit you with some deep facts and play clips of retro pop gems for you and all your Yacht Rock friends. Bands send their music in an email to me. I'll check them out if I have time. I've got somewhere to be. No Patreon, no ads, baby. This show is free. Buying my books helps the show monetarily. Sometimes we have a guest, but lately it's been just me. I'll do this show from the bathtub because it's funny to me. If I'm feeling a bit sluggish, then I'll eat some candy. I spent all my cash on comic books. I have no money. I got energy, a lot of goofy energy. The name of this podcast is People Are the Enemy. End of month, I pray, show will get bigger. Log into Libsyn and check the listenership figures. All right, I want to say R.I.P. to Dave Trugoy the Jove Jolliker from De La Soul. Nah, sorry, all you listeners, I ain't done yet. Y'all don't know want to hear me say that, that's the show. Y'all don't want to see me throw the towel in and go. I'm just getting started. Hang in there for more. I got stories and fun clips for you. Let's start the show. I'm trying to tell you, I got energy. A lot of goofy energy. The name of this show is People Are the Enemy. End of month, I pray the show will get bigger. Log into Libsyn and check the listenership figures. Maine? <laughs> oh my god. Like I tried, alright? You try it. I got a whole new respect for, for rappers now. My goodness. <laughs> Ah, uh, like I said, R.I.P. Trugoy the Dove. Yeah, I'm a 
People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 268 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for spending time with me. It's good to have you along. Good to see you. You're looking well. My goodness, I, I am not feeling well. You know what I did? I slept on my stomach last night. Now, normally I sleep on my back with a pillow. But uh, I came into the bedroom last night, and normally I'll do this, you know, after my wife goes to sleep. You know, usually before me, and she's uh, she's uh, uh, you know sleeping peacefully, restfully. You know, uh, she's a uh, you know she's it's very uh, very ladylike her sleep. <laughs> Mine uh, not so ladylike. I uh, I tend to snore, so if she's still awake when I come in the room, she does not she is not happy. And last night she said, "Oh my God, please." She she said, "Andy, if you lie down and you start snoring, I'm going to cry." So I said, I said, you know what? I'll, I'll just sleep in the spare room. I'll go into the spare room. She said, no, 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 no. She said, please don't do that. Please, just just please don't snore. And I said, okay, uh, in order to try to fix this issue, uh, I am going to sleep on my front and see how that works. Now, for years, like ever since I assume since I was an infant, my mom would put me, I assume, in the uh, in my bed on my stomach and I'd sleep without a pillow as infants are wont to do, you know, with their hands on either side of their head. You can kind of picture them resting peacefully, sometimes with a pacifier in their mouth. Maybe that's what you're picturing. That's what I'm picturing. And uh, for years and years and years and years, literally like through my whole childhood, through my whole elementary school years, I slept without a pillow on my stomach like that with my head to the side. And I never had a problem with snoring at, uh, you know, for years and years until for whatever reason, I don't know what made me use a pillow and start sleeping on my back. I think it may have been like a shoulder injury or some kind of like pulled muscle. And what I had to do was I kind of had to sleep propped up in bed for a time so that my shoulder, so I wasn't in pain uh, with some pillows on my back. And I got used to sleeping that way. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to continue doing this. But what happened, as uh, as is evidence from my wife's uh, consternation over trying to get sleep while I'm sleeping next to her sawing wood, is that uh, I, 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 I started snoring. And, uh, and so, so what I tried last night was I tried sleeping on my stomach as if I was a baby again. And, uh, I was able to do it, but I woke up, man, and I was all out of sorts. My, like, for years, if you sleep on your back with a pillow under your head, and, and one night you sleep on your stomach again, I guess it throws, it throws off your entire rhythm. Because I got up, I was, like, wobbly, <laughs> shaky. Like, I, you know, I had a hard time walking out of the room this morning. I was like, oh my god, this is unreal. And then I felt like I got hit by a truck on top of it all. Because I think just my posture in bed was completely different, you know? Everything was pressed, you know, meaning my entire front was pressed. So I, I just felt like I got hit by a truck. So I've been taking Advil today, and uh, it's, it seems to be helping. But it's still... You know, I guess I guess this is what I have to get used to again. And it, I want my wife to get a, a nice night's sleep. For you know, for for weeks, I tried to get into like a, a sleep study program at, at our hospital. They have like a you know they have a, a sleep study group there. And I went there and I filled out all the paperwork and I answered a bunch of questions. I sat with the doctor. I said, "What happens next?" They said, "In two weeks, we'll call you, and uh, you can come pick up the sleep study equipment and you can take it home." And I said, "Okay." And they never called. And then I called them and they said, "We'll have to." call you back. I did that at least four or five times, calling them saying, yeah, I need to get the equipment so that I can do the sleep study so that maybe I can get a sleep apnea machine or something because uh, this this isn't doing it. You know, the the, the snoring is not, not cutting it. It's not helping uh, my wife's life at all. I can sleep fine, but she can't. So we need to do something about this. And they said, yep, we're going to get you the equipment. They never call me back. I have the card. It's like right behind me over here. I can't believe it. 
My goodness. Okay, I've got some clips I wanted to play for you today. I, don't, I obviously didn't have a lot to talk with you about today. I did, believe it or not, that, that Drake parody I, I wrote. I was <laughs> Lest you think I made it up on the spot, which I'm sure it might have sounded like I did because it was so poor. But uh, like I said, whole new respect for rappers now. Okay, I've got some clips for you that I found on TikTok this week. This was a great one. This is uh, These are some pranksters on TikTok um, who are in England... And what they do is they, they wear uh, balaclava masks, which are, if you don't know, they're, they're sort of like the ski masks with the holes for the eyes and the hole in the mouth. And they walk up and they're very intimidating to people, but then they do something really sweet for them. You know what I mean? Like, they'll give them some money. And in one, one case, the guy just gave another guy a toothbrush. But, uh, but this, this fellow who is, uh, you know, carrying a microphone, uh, doing these contests and acting intimidating in some cases with, with uh, people that he runs into on the street... Uh, he ran into some Americans, and uh, his uh, his initial reaction was very odd. It wasn't like what he does with normal people. When I say normal people, I mean normal Britons walking around uh, where he where he plays a game with them and uh, or or gives them some money. It's or intimidates them and then gives them some money. Anyway, okay, you got to check this out. So what this is is this is the guy running into Americans on the street, and again he's wearing a, a balaclava mask. He's carrying a microphone. He's got a cameraman, and I'll I'll try to give the um, the. Uh, the clip some context here because I think you're going to need it. All right, check it out. For oh, I should say, the the people that he runs into are three young uh, uh, people. They they're very well dressed. Uh, you know, they look maybe maybe they're they're early twenties. Okay, he, here it is. Yo guys. Oh my god! Wait, this is like oh my god! Wait, look at the camera. What? Oh my god! Hi. Hi. Oh, you guys. Okay. So one of the women sees the camera and she obviously sees the guy in the balaclava mask holding the microphone and she's excited because they're on film and oh my god wait we're on film camera. this is going to be fun. What? Oh my god. Hi. Uh, oh you guys you guys American. Yeah. yeah. I'm a douchebag too. Right. You guys enjoy your corn dogs and being Karens. Okay. <laughs> if you didn't understand what he said, he said, you guys enjoy your corn dogs and being Karens. And obviously he references Donald Trump and he's waving like a handful of, of bills, meaning like a handful of, uh, um, I guess, British pounds. And the, these, these American young people look like completely weirded out and shocked. This is not what they expected at all. Okay, here we go. Let me back it up just a little bit. At what point is he goes, room service, please? So, again, the Americans are sitting here taking it. They look horrified and embarrassed. And he's still going. Uh, notice he referenced the, the, the Ford F-150 truck. <laughs> Little ad for Ford in there. Yeah, fat, fat cholesterol foods. Oh, cream cheese. I'm American. Wee, 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 wee. Freaking thieves, fam. At the end, he says, Fre it sounds like he says, freaking deeds, fam. I have no idea what that means. It must be some uh, some cockney slang or something. But, uh, oh my god, I love that clip so much. I must have watched this clip eight times this week. And if you're, if you're looking for it, 
this fellow's account. Uh, it can be found on TikTok at J J A Y Denking D E N K I N G dot Y T. Okay, and again, like all his bits, most of his bits are just like him and his crew going up and intimidating people on the street and then doing something nice for them, which is kind of I know it's kind of dumb, I think, but uh, that one was particularly funny, and and the consensus seems to agree as it's been been viewed uh, a, a whole bunch of times, um, 5.3 million times, so you may have already seen it. Okay, the next bit I wanted to play for you, next couple, you know, TikToks I wanted to play for you, rather, involve Questlove from The uh, the Roots. And, and if, you, if you know The Roots, if you know um, the, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, then you're familiar with Questlove, their drummer, I'm sure. He's from Philadelphia. He's a huge music nerd. He's, he's written some books on creativity that are both quite good. Actually, I said maybe just one book on creativity. Maybe the other one was a memoir, regardless. I'd read them both, and I liked them a lot. But this was interesting to me. There was, these are two clips that I found. One was The first one I'm going to play is from 2003. And it was a segment that MTV was doing on, I assume, Questlove and The Roots. And uh, it's it's Questlove talking about his Yo, his music collection. Whoops, I almost started playing the other clip there. Okay, so this is Questlove in 2003, 20 years ago, on MTV, talking about his record collection. Check it out. In total, I think I'm up to about 35,000 records. This is how I have it categorized, because to do it in alphabetical order would be an utter nightmare. My soul row is the middle row something i could reach for so pretty much my 60s soul here my 70s soul spreads all the way around here my 80s soul lps all around here 90s not many records i acquired in the 90s but soul records right here i'm, I'm a collector of uh, hip-hop samples if if people have done notable hip-hop sampling then uh I, I pretty much collect them like uh like baseball cards commons delight was used by this uh this record right here i know i'm like giving away magic tricks some producers will kill me all my jazz records are on this row um all my hip-hop 12 inches are divided by years starting with uh 1979 going all the way down to uh 2002 okay the the point of me playing this clip again was this was 2003 and at the very beginning of the segment if you heard what he said there if you were listening uh, he says he has 35,000 records. Okay, mind you, this is this is Questlove in 2003, so I don't know. That was 20 years ago. I assume he's approximately my age, so he, he might have been in his 20s at that, that point. Uh, anyway, I found a clip. Okay, I found a clip after that one. Sorry again about the, the audio. Uh, after that one, and it was posted just this week to the Roots TikTok account. And it was Questlove circa, I assume, 2023. Now, talking about his record collection, okay? So remember, keep that in mind, 35,000 records. This is 20 years into the future we go now with Questlove talking about uh, his records. Here I am, the self-professed, like, musical nerd that is all-knowing. You know, what's the sense in having 70,000 records or all this useless information about music if you don't even teach it? My whole goal. How about that? 70,000 records. My gosh. You know, I hadn't done any math when I'd heard these clips initially, but I should do some right now. Let's just take a look and see how many minutes that equals to. All right, so I've got the calculator up here. Do, 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 do. So I'm doing 70,000, and we're going to multiply that by, say, like, um, geez, I don't know. How much music can you get on a, an LP? Let's find out here. 
uh, how much, how, uh, how uh, many uh, minutes, I'm Googling this now, ladies and gentlemen, bear with me, how many minutes does a vinyl LP hold? Does a vinyl LP hold? I'm guessing probably, what, 40, 42? Let's see here. Do, 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 do. What is the max time on a vinyl? 23 minutes per side. Okay, so 46 minutes total. So we're going to take 70,000. We're going to multiply it times 40. We'll just say 45, okay? 45 minutes. Wow, that's 3,150,000 minutes. Holy crap, holy. Okay, let me take that number. I'm going to copy that and say how many, how much, uh, okay, we'll take, let's say, uh, 355 million minutes, and I'm going to say in years. Do, 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 do. You ready for this? So if you were to, let's see, in years, oh my God. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is crazy. All right. So that means that if Questlove, if you were to sit down and listen to Questlove's entire record collection, again, 70,000 70, records, uh, both sides, uh, it, it would take approximately 5.993 calendar years. Holy crap. Holy. Could you imagine? That's a lot of time, bro. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Man, oh man. 70,000 records. I can't believe it. Six years. You got six years on you? Listen, I wonder how much time I've taken listening to music. Probably a lot. Probably some years, but I can't imagine I've, I'll ever compile 35,000 records, let alone like, you know, a thousand. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I got, I got lots of time ahead. Uh, but speaking of time, right now, it's time for Rachel's chart chat. So, without any further ado, I'm going to hand things off now to our friend Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. Take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's chart chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some showbiz hot goss from Tavy, who let me know that Till Tuesday's Coming Up Close was written by Amy Mann about her relationship with G.E. Smith, guitarist for the Saturday Night Live band. And she clued me into the fact that the song takes place in Iowa. Amy sings it in the very first line, I just wasn't paying close enough attention. And shout out to Mary and Jill, who both shared memories of working hard to beat Jessica on the game Guitar Hero. That was a pretty challenging one for sure. For our 70s chart this week, we're on February 11th of 1978. Starting off at number 83 is Casey and the Sunshine Band with Boogie Shoes. That one um, only made it to number 35. It was originally recorded back in 75 for their second album. Uh, then it was included on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and then finally uh, released as a single in 1978. And it had been the B-side of Shake, 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 Shake Your Booty in 1976. It seemed like these guys either barely cracked the top 40 or it was a number one or two hit. There was very little in between. And then they had some that didn't, did not make the 40. At number 74, we have Homebound by Ted Nugent. And the only reason I care about this one is that it was uh, used in the song The Biz vs. The Nuge from the Beastie Boys album Check Your Head and also appeared on The Sounds of Science, which is where I heard it. Uh, that, of course, is BC Boy's friend and collaborator Biz Marquis singing over the riff to this song. And it made it to, the song made it to number 70. It was the follow-up to Cat Scratch Fever, which had made it to number 30. And that was Nugent's only top 40 hit. So yeah, just listen to the Biz versus the Nuge. But if you want to hear where it comes from, it's from this. At number 73, we have Thank You for Being a Friend by Andrew Gold. 
That made it to number 25. And so, yes, this was a full, uh, you know, real pop song years before it was used in the theme to the Golden Girls. Andrew Gold is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. This was the third single off of his third album, All This and Heaven Too. And he's mostly known for his number seven hit, Lonely Boy. Uh, Andrew Gold worked with many different artists as a performer as well as a producer. And he's also known, I learned, for writing the spooky, scary skeleton song that goes around every Halloween. And the Golden Girls theme version was sung by Cynthia Fee. And number 59 is a song called Take Me to the Captain by the group Prism. And that 59 was as high as that would get. Prism was a Canadian band, and this was the fourth single off of their self-titled debut. They went on to have one U.S. Top 40 hit called Don't Let Him Know. That's off the album with the Norman Rockwell Girl painting cover. Perhaps you've seen that in the racks of your local record store. Um, they were much, one of the other ways groups is you know much more successful in Canada, uh, but it seems like they're really known for kind of what their group members went on to do. Um, notably, Bruce Fairborn. Fairbairn was the man that put them together as a band based from two Vancouver groups, and he also played trumpet on some of their early albums. But he went on to be a very well-known producer. I kind of became aware of him when he produced the Yes album, The Ladder. Uh, that was sadly his final uh, album that he worked on. He passed away in 1999. At number 50, we're back with our uh, good good bud Lou Rawls with his song Lady Love. This will make it to number 24 on the pop charts. This is from his album When You Hear Lou, You've Heard It All. And this song was co-written by Yvonne Gray, and she also sings backup vocals on that song. Just it's always great to hear Lou Rawls' voice. Such a, you know, no, there's nobody that sings like him. Great when he pops up. And uh, just of note on the 78 chart, we have not only the... John Williams theme from Close Encounters, but also Miko has his take on the Close Encounters theme. Uh, for our 80s chart this week, we're in February 14th of 1981. Starting off at number 89 is Being With You by Smokey Robinson. This will make it to number two, and this is from the album of the same name. There's a little thing included in the Wikipedia page for the song as from a story from Casey Kasem from the AT40. And it basically says that he had a written this song for Kim Carnes, um, but then he ended up recording it himself. And unfortunately, it was kept from the number one spot by Kim Carnes' smash hit, Betty Davis Eyes. I guess there's a reason that Betty Davis Eyes and Big Dick Energy have the same letters. At number 87, we have The Whispers with It's a Love Thing. This will make it to number 28 on the pop side and number two on the R&B. This is from their 10th studio album. And I first ran across it on the Pure Funk Volume 2 CD. And I read that the actress in the video was Daphne Maxwell-Reed, and she went on to play the second Aunt Viv on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. At number 84 is How About Us by Champagne. And that made it to number 12. And that is named for their hometown of Champaign, Illinois, or you know, where the group is formed. And that uh, was also where Ario Speedwagon and Starcastle were from. Uh, February 14th was the first week on the chart for How About Us, and it, uh, it took a while to climb the charts. It peaked on June 6th, and Champagne had male-female shared vocals by Polly Carmen and Rena Jones, and Rena went on to marry fellow band member Michael Day. And they had an interesting appearance on Dick Clark's American Bandstand that was worth a watch. At number 79, you know I had to include these guys again. It's Spyro Gyro with Café Amore. Amore? This will make it to number 77. This is the only single from their fourth album, Carnival, 
which hit number 49 on the album chart. And this was the final Hot 100 appearance for Spyro Gyra, or maybe we should just say the final appearance to date. At number 68, some more Canadians, we have Loverboy with their song Turn Me Loose. This would make it to number 35. This was the first single off of their self-titled debut, and it hit number 7 and was certified gold in their native Canada. And for comedy fans, we know this one from being in Wet Hot American Summer, during the scene where Jello Trulio chases Ken on motorcycle chases Ken Marino on foot. At number 46 is Precious to Me by Phil Seymour. This will make it to number 22. Phil was a singer-songwriter and multi another one of these singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. This was his first single off of his self-titled debut. Uh, Phil was from Tulsa and he worked with Dwight Twilley. Um, it, when I we talked about his song I'm on Fire and mentioned that he had met a future collaborator when they both went to see Hard Day's Night together, that was this guy, Phil Seymour. He was a really in-demand session musician. He sang backup for Tom Petty on his first and second albums. And then he later, he had one more solo album after the one with Precious To Me. And uh, then he joined a, another group called The Text Tones. And he sadly passed away in 1993, but he was playing recording music until he passed. Um, he seems like a really important figure in the power pop genre. Definitely recommend reading up on Phil Seymour. At number 31, we have Time Is Time by Andy Gibb. This will make it to number 15. This was a new song from his Greatest Hits album. Um, unfortunately, it broke his streak of his top his solo singles going top 10. Uh, for some reason, I like this one. For some reason, it reminds me of kind of like, uh, you know, a proggy pop band, maybe like uh, early Ambrosia. Have a listen and let me know what you think. Staying in the Gibb family, at number 28, we have Guilty by Barbara Streisand and Barry Gibb. This make it to number three. This is the second single from Barbara's 22nd album, also called Guilty. And Wikipedia says this could be considered a partial collaboration album between her and Barry. This was famously used in the trailer for Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, as well as in the movie itself. Uh, this was written by Barry, Morris, and Robin. And the song earned a Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Performance Duo or Group. At number 27, we have Love on the Rocks by Neil Diamond. This will make it to number two. This was the first single from the Jazz Singer soundtrack album. Uh, it had two other top ten hits, Hello Again at number six, and America, which we've talked about before, made it to number eight. This was the second time I read that the Neil Diamond soundtrack outperformed the film it was attached to. The previous one being Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And the soundtrack album for Jazz Singer hit number three. And I kind of file this one with the Xanadu soundtrack and can, how that movie is regarded. Again, I have said I love the movie, but just as far as, you know, the larger view, the soundtrack is, of uh, both of these is undoubtedly very, but were very successful. I just love this song. It's very emotional. You know, I always say Neil's, he sings like he's been through it. You can really hear it in this, in this one. And finally, from the 80s this week, at number 25, there's a song called Smoky Mountain Rain by Ronnie Millsap. That would make it one more point to number 24. This was a new single off of his Greatest Hits compilation. This was a number one on the countryside of his 16th. And I read that he really loved the Elvis song Kentucky Rain. So a couple songwriters wrote Smoky Mountain Rain for him to be, you know, sort of in that spirit. At number three, soon to be number one, we have another country crossover artist, Eddie Rabbit with his song, I Love a Rainy Night. That was his biggest hit on the pop side. And just to tie it all together, I read that Eddie Rabbit was a big songwriter in his own right and had written 
Kentucky Rain for Elvis. Well, that's all the time for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff. My dad uh, loved that Smokey Robinson song. He had that album and played the crap out of it. Uh, this has been episode 268 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.